0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. This week we enter the grand world of Xenoblade 3, where everything is done on an epic scale, from characters to combat. We'll also check out the good and the bad of the new wave of Mario Kart DLC tracks and give some thoughts on Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm kind of stuck. Uh, so I just got. Oh, sir,
2: that's why we're here. We're here to help you when you're stuck in a game.
1: Okay. Uh, I I'm stuck at this part in Metagross Solid, the first one for the for the PS One, not the Japanese one, but the first one for like the PS One. Okay. And
2: mm-hmm. Give me uh, a moment, sir. Give me a moment. You're gonna have to give me a moment, sir. Let me look up this game. Oh, okay. 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 All right. Okay. There. Okay go
1: ahead i'm stuck where clearly well that's why we're here sir okay you keep interrupting me but there's a the part where uh it says i have to find meryl's a codec id call card and i'm i'm searching everywhere and i, I can't seem to find it, And the game never told me what it was and i can't i can't sir, seem to find it in the game
2: sir i'm gonna need you to calm down okay
1: I, I, I can't gone. help
2: you with I, I can't help you with the codec ID problem. I'm gonna have to put you to our codec ID problem specialist. Will you please hold?
1: I, I guess. All
2: right. Remember, the call is three ninety nine per minute after the first thirty seconds. So uh, I would I would I would encourage you to please hold, sir.
1: Per minute. Is the hold count? Hi, this is the uh, codec ID specialist. How can I help you? I I just need to know what's barrel silverberg codec call call numbers are for the metal Gear solid game so i can move forward with the plot well sir you called the right place finding codec id numbers for metal gear solid is what i'm here for uh yeah so what's I, the issue sir i can't find the call id it doesn't tell me so you can't how- find the call id i mean yeah. <laughs> i mean
0: aren't you a pro
1: gamer I mean, excuse. I'm sorry, but aren't you a pro gamer? Can't find the Kodak call ID. It didn't. It didn't tell me, and I have to find this character. It never told me the ID for. Oh man. Oh. So
0: I, I don't know, sir. What? What can I actually help you with here? You don't know the Kodak ID. Maybe I, I should did... put you through to one of our specialists. For what? people
1: who are stuck in games. Here, please hold.
2: <laughs> Hi. You've reached the Markers Helpline. How can I help
1: you? Yeah, I've just been transferred like twice already. I, I just need, I wait just a need second.
2: To... I know your voice. did Did you find your? Uh, did, did were you? Are you satisfied, sir? Would you like to take a survey? Are you satisfied with the service? Did you get your codec number? And would you like I, to take a survey?
1: I just, I just need to. I, I was not told the codec. How do you find it? Just tell me how you find it.
2: How you find? So what you're saying is it's lost?
1: Yeah, it's lost game. media.
2: Lost media.
1: The game's supposed to tell me where what it is, but it's saying it's the back of the CD case, but I already checked the, the disc with, with the K at the end in the game, and there's nothing behind it. You can't interact with it. Uh,
2: sir, I'm going to have to put you th- for to our lost media specialist. Please hold.
1: You guys are charging me like $3 a minute. It's already been like five minutes.
2: Ah, hello, this is the Lost Media Specialist. How can I help you today?
1: I just need to know what the codec numbers are to call Merrill and Metal Solid 1 for the PS1, please.
2: Hmm, please hold, sir. I'm going to look it up in my computer system. Uh, what... Hmm, is... Okay, the... Uh, codec. Uh, actually, I'm not gonna type this up, sir. Did you know that you can find the the codec in the back of the uh, instruction manual?
1: I don't have the instruction manual or the case. I'm borrowing it from a friend.
2: Mm, Sir, I'm afraid you need the instruction manual. I could, uh, I could always put you to another specialist if you needed help locating an instruction manual. but uh, No,
1: no. I, I guess I'll just go get the CD case from the friend I'm borrowing the disc from. I guess he well, just um, didn't give it to me.
2: Cool, man. Cool. Now, uh, there is a brief survey at the end of the uh, call, if you wouldn't mind giving me five stars, because Lost Media, man, it's just... There's too much of it, man. Too much lost media.
1: I gotta get going. I gotta go get the case.
2: Alright, man. Good luck, and uh, thank you for calling the Markers Helpline. Goodbye. Uh, Hey, Robert.
0: Sorry. um, Where are you going?
1: I gotta go get this case from a friend because I'm trying to get the code for Meryl Silverberg, and the police said to go get the case because it's behind the actual CD case, so I'll be back. Wait
0: a second, Did, were you talking to the Markers helpline?
1: Yeah, because that's was on this corner of the TV stand right here, it was just kind of there. I used it last time for Out of This World, like, I don't know, for how long ago.
0: That invoice is going to be huge, I just know it. Robert, listen to me. Use Google. You can find the Kodak codes on Google. I didn't even think about that. <clears throat> the Markers helpline strikes again. Take your seat. We got a show to do.
1: Oh boy.
0: Everything all good? We can continue Metal Gear Solid after the show?
1: Yeah, let me just screenshot this code real quick.
0: Okay. Well, just got in. Uh, hey, guys, listeners, everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. This is the 98th episode of Markers on the Map, so that means... I call attention to the fact that it's 98 because we've got two incredibly unique specials uh, coming up after this i'd say one is sonic 2 movie we've already announced that and then one has a few i guess uh more of like <laughs> very indulgent games that we, that we play that that we think uh you'll you'll like talking about a particularly cool series um but right now we're gonna have uh, a regular episode before we get into those two specials so as usual my name is daniel and i'm here with my good friend and co-host uh and somebody who needs to stop calling that marker's helpline uh robert how you doing
1: uh other than the call uh same old same old nothing much nothing different how about you
0: i'm doing okay i am still very hot even at <laughs> night you know you know you know it's you know,
1: <laughs> you know what's super funny is i just thought of this right now because you always ask me how am i doing and i always respond with same old same old nothing much different but if (laughs) someone who's never heard like the past like 97 episodes from the get-go i've always just said i'm doing fine doing all right no doing the same they're not gonna know how i'm feeling because like what's same old same old is he happy is he sad i don't know i'm barely strong on episode 80. we're already reminiscing from the first 97 episodes exactly because i'm like i think i don't think anyone actually knows how i would feel if i just say the same old same well i'm i'm just doing fine that's good um i
0: think we should just hop right into it this week actually um i was gonna think is there something i wanted to say oh there is one thing i watched Lightyear, pretty good movie cat was top tier uh it was on disney plus and i
1: watched it what is it the year of the cat or something because a lot of cats stray you got stray coming in Somebody should no, do a stray no, a mod where you
0: play as the cat from Lightyear. It's called Socks, and it's a little robot friend.
1: See, I- I'm conflicted because I want a cat, but I'm just like, what kind of cat would I get? Would I get a black cat, an orange cat, a calico cat? I don't know. Gray cats? A gray stripe one? Those are cute.
0: RPG FPS cat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though. We're not going to talk about a movie on this podcast till next week when we do Sonic 2, a video game movie. So, um, right now, we've got something that just recently dropped. It is a new pack of downloadable courses for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, a game which, even five years after the original Switch release of Mario Kart 8, is getting brand new DLC tracks. So, earlier this year, you and me the tried boys. out the, the first wave. And we found plenty of enjoyment in it, especially the Ninja Hideaway track, which was just a masterpiece, I think, in both of our opinions. Um, And uh, just before we recorded, they released a second uh, wave. And Mm -hmm. with it, eight new tracks. Um, You haven't gotten the chance to play them yet, so I think I'll just rattle off some initial thoughts because some of them actually caught me by surprise. One in particular was just a shock. Uh, So we'll get to that. So we have two new cups. The first one is the Turnip Cup. And it starts out with New York Minute, which is another one of those tracks like the, the Paris one or the Tokyo Expressway that comes from Mario Kart Tour. Each lap of the New York Minute is one of those ones where it just keeps changing overall though it seems like an initial mario kart track it's very kind of bland and simple so like Mm -hmm. i get that it's the start of a wave but i feel like we need to move away from these like very basic like this is your first level mario kart tracks for these waves i'm hoping that each of the waves doesn't start out with one that's like you know someone's first mario kart track because there's plenty of ones that haven't been in there yet, and if they keep adding ones that are unique to tour, they're obviously not going to get to a few tracks. It's like crossing my fingers for Rosalina's Ice World from the 3DS, um, because yeah. there's actually not enough. There's there's more than 96 tracks in Mario Kart, so they're not going to. It's not going to be Smash Ultimate where they have everything in there.
1: I mean, they could make it Smash Ultimate.
0: Well, if they add more DLC after the. After but the, I doubt uh, it. the 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 expansion pass, then sure. But as it stands, there's a lot of tour tracks in here, so that's taking away from ma- like hopefully taking away from some of the Super Nintendo Mario Kart tracks that just don't stack up.
1: Maybe I I mean, it's it's sort of a maybe. It could it could work and it could fail in the sense of I believe. If they're adding, it's not necessarily they have to add the exact same track that was made so many years ago from, you know, the, the the limitation of whatever console they're building on. I just would assume what most people want is just that theme of a map and sort of the kind of the same idea of that course just revamped and kind of updated for Mario Kart 8's, you know, gameplay style and kind of map design and art well, style. Well, I mean,
0: we are going to get to one that they actually completely changed here.
1: Exactly. Um, so super. it's possible. I think it's just people want a theme, the themes of, the, of them to come back, not the actual course itself, if it's still being its old self in.
0: I do think that the new DLC starts out with the two weakest tracks. Like, obviously, Turnip Cup has the best track, but it's also the weakest mm-hmm. cup. Um, but the next track is Mario Circuit 3 from that Super Nintendo version. It is a very flat and very kind of boring course, uh, in my opinion. Um, it's just got that those, those generic uh, colored blocks going through it and, you know, uh, a few twists, turns, and some mud or tires and stuff like that. It's nothing, like, extraordinary. Yeah. But where it gets interesting is Calamari Desert, a level that's been in uh, one of the older Mario Kart games. I think it was 7, and then obviously it's from the Nintendo 64 Mario Kart. This is that desert one with the train where you would have to, like, stop and wait for the train. However... Mario Kart 8 Deluxe's version does something really cool in that in lap two, uh, there's a a ramp on the track that you go through. And all of a Mm -hmm. sudden, you're driving on the train tracks through the tunnel for the second half of lap two and the first half of lap three. So it completely changes the dynamic of this level to where you're not going around and almost a circle and waiting for the train you're actually driving towards the train and you have to just move to the side when it comes towards you so i think that like i was actually shocked by how cool that was because i'm like calamari desert's one of my least favorite tracks in mario kart but now it's one of my favorites with this new version
1: oh man talking i see there's something that reminds me of that the the liking a certain area now because it has a different feel and I think you know what you're talking about from something we tried not long ago but for for that that's that's pretty I don't think there is a bad mm, I don't know I haven't tried all Mario Kart 8 maps but what would you assume would be the worst Mario Kart I mean, 8 course like the one that's just not fun to play no matter what
0: I, I tend to like most of them I'm gonna mm-hmm. say the New York Minute wasn't that okay fun. The the first one on this DLC wasn't that great. Um, otherwise, I mean, even the the first the Mario Kart Raceway, the first level of Mario Kart Eight or whatever it's called in the U.S. version, is like mm-hmm. really cool for a first level. Um, I would say that it, it's it's got to be one of the Super Nintendo tracks. Even the remake ones, they're kind of just you know overall flat because they kind of have to be. Um, mm-hmm. I do like the Rainbow Road though but that's mostly because of the music and nostalgia and all that stuff. But <laughs> the DLC has been really good at kind of revamping, like, stuff that, like, was limited by, like, the Game Boy Advance hardware.
1: From, see, from what I've seen, because obviously I haven't played the tracks, but actually, but from what I've seen is a previous track from the last wave has been updated with a new mechanic, right?
0: Oh, Robert... It goes beyond that because some of the textures of sand and dirt have also been updated on some of those Wave 1 tracks.
1: <laughs> okay, so I guess we people got what they asked for, uh, better textures, I guess.
0: Yeah, there's some sand textures on, on the um, Mario Kart 7 first level. And then the, um, the, the Chaco Mountain level uh, has some textures in the dirt. But they made the cars move in Coconut Mall
1: now exactly everybody can one.
0: stop complaining
1: about the cars because I remember some people did complain that it basically how should I say it? they just they just sat there and they didn't do anything which was kind of like I don't know how that's really much of a, co- a complaint you know I, I don't know yeah much of the that cars will hit complaint. you and mess you up <laughs> so now it's more of a obstacle of an unnecessary you know, it was a problem that was not really a problem but now it's a problem in the sense of now they move and now it makes the track more difficult but yeah. I don't know, you know, whatever. Those are old wave maps that we could probably discuss later on. Yeah. Maybe try and A lot on. of
0: tracks that have been brought back into Mario Kart 8, even if they've been lightly redesigned versus fully redesigned, they are all like subject to being part of the Mario Kart 8. You know, mechanic of the Mm -hmm. anti-gravity and the flying. It's been added to things like Coconut Mall that wouldn't have it back in the Wii version. What didn't need much touching up, though, was Waluigi Pinball, which ends the Turnip Cup. This is definitely not only the best track on the DLC, but maybe in the top five of all Mario Kart tracks ever. It is just a, a whole color explosion of light and sound where you're on a giant pinball board, uh, dodging the flippers and the pinballs themselves and going through neon-lit, you know, turns. And People have said that this looks really good on a Switch OLED. I'd be like, I kind of want to see that, but it looks good enough on a a 1080p TV. (laughs) So um, this is one of those legendary tracks from Mario Kart DS.
1: Now would the Switch OLED in the sense they're talking about it being in handheld mode. If you have an OLED screen would that make it different right there? uh like, you don't need could. to buy a whole Switch yeah, OLED it if you could. just already have an OLED TV. I
0: imagine anything with an OLED screen probably makes it pop very very well. I think the OLED Switch is like specifically for like oh if you want an OLED screen for handheld. I'm sure the TV mm. would have just I mean, the same result
1: the vita the original is oled and i will i will say the oled is a better screen I, from mm-hmm. from that experience but i mean i mostly play the switch docked you know on the tv so i'd rather just get a, yeah, a tv here. that's oled
0: so moving on we have the propeller cup which is the second of the two cups they added for this dlc And it starts with Sydney Sprint, which is a course from Mario Kart Tour that takes place in Australia. Now, this is one of those ones that's just kind of one giant long thing separated into three segments instead of laps. Uh, The first time I was like a little, you know, warm on it, but the second time I played through it, I'm like, actually, this is a legitimately good level. It feels like one of the longest levels in Mario Kart um even if it didn't like even compared to levels that do have laps this one just seems a little bit longer to me it might just be me tripping but it's just more of a realistic environment there's nothing fantastical about it but I did like you know the there's there's a middle section where you have to kind of go between a a higher part and a lower part and dodge obstacles up there and then I I don't know it just seemed like generic looking but also Mm. like mechanically satisfying like I was satisfied when I was done with it, unlike New York Minute, where I was just like, "Let me just move on to the next level." Like New York Minute feels safe, whereas the Sydney Sprint felt a little more adventurous. If that makes sense,
1: it felt more adventurous in the in the in the sense of with the New York one, it felt too safe, where it was just like they didn't want it to felt safe enough to be just crazy. boring, even though it changed yeah. every lap because you know like you know they say there's no risk no reward so they technically didn't take a risk on that one they're maybe looking at this one like we could do a little bit more since if people don't tend to like this one or agree with this one that we can always fall back to just new york but it seems like to be for your case it's the opposite way where you're liking for them to try something different
0: yeah you know what put it this way i think new york minute probably should have been on the first dlc as the first one and the paris one should have been the first one in wave
1: two Even though I don't like
0: the Paris one that much, I do like it better than New York Minute.
1: Okay. So, all right. I'm getting it then. But I just, because it's really difficult for me to kind of picture the map layout. Because obviously I haven't played the courses yet. It's just sort of kind of what I'm hearing from, like, what from your experience. Yeah. But I would, I would now be with, I would at least say now that you were discussing it, that would be the one I would want to see why you would, like, really like this course more than the others.
0: Um, I definitely think it just works as one of those tracks that just, this is a thing that started in Mario Kart 7 where they have tracks that aren't laps, that are just long things, and they had quite a few of those in 7 and the initial form of 8, but I think this is like the most masterful one, despite the environment itself, again, being pretty, like, fine-ish. It's not that, like I said, there's no huge, like, fire or ice or fantastical element to it but again Mario Kart Tour does these more realistic you know locations based off real life, the Paris, Tokyo mm-hmm. Expressway all that stuff. Um, we then go to a remake of a Game Boy Advance track which is Snowland and uh, Sky Garden was the Game Boy Advance track in the first DLC and uh, I was telling you when we played that that this is more or less a complete remake of the level uh, Snowland continues that tradition. The Game Boy Advance levels are very flat, whereas the the, the, the Switch version has succeeded in turning them into, you know, twisty, turny. Uh, and like, the environments are amazing. Uh, especially in this one, there's a part... I think the, the highlight of this map is where you're doing, like, a, a big giant drift turn where you're sliding either alongside or behind a penguin. And, it, like... The Game Boy Advance obviously can't make that seem any more than just, like, an up version of, like, the SNES flatness. Whereas this one just makes it seem very, like, three-dimensional, in, for lack mm. of a better word. Um, so it, it continues the trend of remaking these Game Boy Advance uh, levels as, like, spectacles. Uh, but none quite reach, like, Ribbon Road uh, from the original Mario Kart 8 DLC, which took something from the Game Boy Advance and turned it into what many, I'm assuming, would consider to be the best Mario Kart track ever made. Um, these feel the same in essence as the Game Boy Advance ones, but are done s- s- like differently enough to where it feels like a modern game.
1: Man, I'm thinking, how many how many courses we have, left? Because it was like two full rows of new DLC, and it yeah. Took so so long there's for gonna this. be
0: four more waves. So they've got about sixteen months to re- to release the next four waves. So I'm assuming this is going to be like a once every four months thing.
1: And do you think after this they would even announce like Mario Kart Nine?
0: Do I think they'll announce Mario Kart Nine? Yes. Do I think mm-hmm. it'll be for the Switch? It might not be. It might Switch be for two, I guess yeah, Switch Two. Like hopefully because it would. Like I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, if they announce Mario Kart Nine, it's for a Switch successor then hopefully it's backwards compatible because i would still kind of want to have all the mario kart tracks in one place
1: i think it'd be possible if, if they if they stick with like uh the cartridge instead of going back to like cd maybe yeah mm, but i don't know because doesn't cartridge well i don't know but that that's that's a different topic we were on the mario kart that that'll be a different topic but mm. i would how would you rank this these cups compared to the first wave. Like, would you put wave one above second wave or second wave above the last wave?
0: Well, it's tough because they both have like some some bad spots and then both have some highlights. I think wave two might have more highlights overall, but Ninja Hideaway from wave one is this is still the best of the uh, sixteen DLC tracks so far. Because mm-hmm. the third one on the Propeller Cup is Mushroom Gorge, which is a really cool level from Mario Kart Wii that I think 7 also brought back, where you're jumping off giant mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Um, It feels slightly different with the Mario Kart 8 mechanics into it, like the flying and everything. Um, But it's still just one of those tracks that you love to... It's like one that people remember from Mario Kart Wii, so it was a good idea to put it in. But we end the second cup with another new level. So like obviously wave one had ninja hideaway it's a quote-unquote new level pulled from tor Mm -hmm. so in this one we have sky high sunday which is like a really colorful like jumping off of popsicles and ice cones and everything um it's like an anti-gravity course you're you're in anti-grav mode most of the time so anything you hit is giving you speed bumps and it's got a lot of upwards and downwards verticality to it. There's actually a part where you're going up where you can't actually see what's in front of you because it, you're going up such a steep incline. It it, it stays the same every lap, unlike Ninja mm-hmm. Hideaway, which like for the most part stays the same, but there's so many different paths to take, whereas Sky High Sunday has one. And I gotta say, it's not as impressive a finale to this DLC. Um, I think Ninja Hideaway is currently the track to beat and i think the only ones that come close uh, in wave two are classic tracks uh like waluigi pinball or the mushroom gorge level maybe even the the sydney sprint but nothing quite reaches the highest of the high in wave one
1: yeah, i'm trying to think 16 months to wait for the next couple of courses i don't know if i would want to wait for that long i was i was hoping nintendo would just drop like uh, for the next wave there's three cups instead of just the standard two yeah it's gonna be two cups per so like every four months it's like that's like the one thing that's gonna be just like man like four months and there's just only two cups and it has and it's gonna be for how long you never know
0: well it's it's definitely going to be released by the end of 2023 whether or not they want to use the full breadth of that time is up to them but i personally Mm. would prefer to have them sooner than later i thought the wait for wave two was excruciating (laughs) It was, it felt, it
1: felt, you know, honestly, it felt longer than four months, but four months is a long time.
0: I can't remember when wave one released, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, um, we will get into those, uh, the next time we're able to play some multiplayer, but overall better than wave one, but has lower lows. Like it's a better overall grouping of tracks, but the wave one highs are, are much higher, I think. I think mm-hmm. Ninja Hideaway is like a lightning in a bottle. Mo- well, I hope it's not a lightning in a bottle moment, but like, or like a flying too close to the sun because that one was just like spectacular thematically. It, it was just exciting the whole way through. Whereas mm-hmm. the, um, the Sky High Sunday looks and pops, but doesn't really, it doesn't play as well as you would want it to play. It feels not as good (laughs) if that Mm -hmm. like Mario Kart 8 is a very refined game and Sky High Sunday kind of takes some of the refinement out of it I think that's just my opinion though that's Mario Kart 8 DLC wave 2 hopefully it's not a big long wait until the next one I've also been playing something I I briefly mentioned last week and I Mm -hmm. think I want to talk a little trying not to spoil too much about Xenoblade Chronicles 3.
1: Yeah, this, this is going to be an all-you topic. I probably have no desire to play that at all. But, you know, you at least gave it a shot after 2. Yeah, so 2 should have scared
0: me off from the series. Because, as I've said on here before many times, I think, 2 is a game that is mostly micromanaging menus, relying on gotcha mechanics to, like... Don't have a character that can open a box or climb a ladder? Well then, play until you get another random character that'll let you open a box or climb a ladder and then go into the pause menu and do little incremental micromanagement of, you know, stats that'll give you like a 0.1 bonus here for fighting alongside this character for X amount of time. And the battle system relied on like rhythmic button presses on first, second, or third auto-attack. It's just... It it goes on and on and on. I guarantee you I could just spend an hour listing the battle mechanics of Xenoblade 2. And,
1: uh-huh. and,
0: and then I could go past an hour. <laughs> so I won't. Xenoblade 3 has so far been the complete opposite experience. Starting with the fact that the story engaged me right from the beginning about a group of Basically, there are two factions in this world. Xenoblade tends to take place on the back of a giant beast that's flying in the sky. So the world is more or less a giant monster that was alive at some point. Okay. Um, and the way this one starts is that you are introduced to three characters. Uh, your player characters: Noah, Uni, and Lance. They're both. They all three of them are really cool. And you learn that the characters in the world of Xenoblade Chronicles 3 are born at about 10 years old from, like, tubes. And they have little tattoos on them that are red and they kind of get gray from time to time because they only have 10 years to live. And Oh, okay. They're, yeah, they're called Cavesi uh, and the enemy faction is called Agnes. And the goal of both factions is to just fight each other for ten years. And then after those ten years, they would be able to have this kind of graduation ceremony where they would like their spirit would go back to the queen. So the game wastes no time in setting up this like dire element. Like your characters are basically in their ninth term, which is what they call the years, and and they've got just a little while to go. Um, so the main character Noah is what's called an offseer, who is supposed to go around with the unit and play a flute melody for the 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 people who died before they were actually supposed to. In the middle of battle, they become like these husks. So it's his job to kind of send them away to the
1: afterlife. And this this plot is nuts. This plot is nuts. I'm like I'm like it's all coming towards you. Know, this plot is pretty insane. From what it, what you are saying.
0: Well, it's, it's much better than the start of Xenoblade 2 where it's like, oh, an anime character falls out of the sky and lands on the main character. And now we're uh, bound in a partnership and let's go have adventures. No, this is this is setting up okay. some, like, dire lore from the get-go. Um, so, like I said, their, their main objective forever is to just fight against the Agnians. And there's a mechanic that's introduced called the flame clock. And... The flame clock is something that is... They all live in colonies. So there's different colonies for both uh, of the worlds, we'll call them, Agnes and Cavesi. There's colonies where they have a flame clock inside of a giant mechanical... Um, I'm forgetting what the name of the mechanical is, but they all have, like, a base colony. And they have a flame clock. The flame clock is charged when they, you know, defeat their enemies in battle. Mm-hmm. And the flame clock will go up or down depending on how much fighting there is and if it goes down your characters get weaker and weaker so our characters find themselves like headed toward a lot of plot happens that i really don't want to spoil on here um but i can't talk about the game without getting to the main mechanics so if you're just starting this might be a, a couple of minutes where you don't want to listen um but if you're a couple of hours in you know what's up And this might actually draw you to the game if you if you haven't played it um the characters find out basically they they meet a human who ages and they're like confused like oh is this what somebody who's gone through 60 years of life looks like and he has this thing that i don't quite know what the point of like why it makes everybody their enemy is or like as you can see i'm like 20 hours into this and there's still so many questions left unanswered but they meet up with a group of Agnians who becomes your second set of characters. They are Mio, Senna, and Tyon. And they are like kind of exposed to this like machine crystal thing called Oroboros. And it allows them to merge with each other. So it's like this is a story of like two rival factions who hate each other have members that are friends now. Because they're linked together by this power. And they find out that each of their colonies, either Cavessi or Agnian, are ruled over by these guys called the Consoles. Which are kind of like, they've got like a red armor and they're all delightful. Like, some of them are really delightfully British. Like, ah, I should have defeated them before tea time. <laughs> Stuff <delightful> like that. <laughs> Alright. I mean, most of the game, they're delightful British accents. The voice acting has been really good. Um, actually, Mio, my favorite character in the game, is the same voice actor as Ronnie the Witch from Elden Ring. So that's a real treat to, to, to see her have a, okay. a, a bigger role like this. Um, so they kind of can combine. And the, ma- like, the majority of what I've done so far is that they are going to the other colonies and the consoles can use like th- this infinity symbol to cause everybody to attack them. Purely because they're Ouroboros. So mm-hmm. they're kind of enemies and traitors in the eyes of everybody. Be they Kavessi or Agnian. Not only for allying themselves with one or the other, but just even returning to their own colony, people are against them. But they're, what they do is they figure out that they can destroy the flame clocks... And I don't know if it's been explicitly stated in the game, but I think in destroying the flame clocks, they might be able to live past their 10 terms or years. Mhm. But so they're going around trying to basically convince everyone to destroy their flame clocks because they're the ones that can do it. They have a sword that can cut through anything and kind of convince the two factions to stop fighting each other. So there are hero quests where you will go to new colonies uh, from either one of the factions And you will, you know, join up with somebody who's kind of against you or kind of, you know, leery of you. And then you'll fight against one of the consoles and that will end with you destroying the flame clock and releasing that colony from the burden of fighting. That's the setup of the plot. As complicated as it might get, I only imagine it will get more complicated from here. What I want to spend a little more time talking about is the mechanics of gameplay in this game. And how okay. much better they are than than Xenoblade Two
1: from from, from the story I, I'm just like I don't know how to, how could I explain it, it's just it seems to be a crazy concept of a story to like it's it's a very grand
0: scale like yeah. the the world being as big as it is like goes along I, I with the plot being even. just like massively like crazy
1: I don't even know how to st- like if you told me to explain the story I would not even I don't have not known how to explain that story I would just uh, been let, all over let me to tell place. you.
0: I definitely didn't do a good
1: job, but well, I, I mean, you're, kind you're of trying conveyed. To avoid <laughs> yeah, I think there's you're there's, there's a few things I didn't go
0: over because, like, there's some flashbacks and characters mm-hmm. that are have some motivations and stuff like that. Um, but like the characters themselves are like, this is such a likable cast of characters, um, which is tough, I think, in in an RPG. But mm-hmm. like to name a few, Persona Five, all likable. Yakuza like a dragon, all likable. I would put this up there with 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 those two games, where like the cast is like you want to see the adventures of them. Gameplay takes out the random element, uh, the gotcha mechanics from Xenoblade Two, so it's mm-hmm. already much better in my opinion. Uh, it it has the Xenoblade thing where battles are just seamless from the open world to battles. There's no like loading screen or anything. It just happens. You 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 know you get your weapon ready and then you target an enemy and then you're off. Um, and it does do the Xenoblade thing where some attacks you will need to be in front of the enemy. Some you might need to be to the side for attack to activate a secondary effect. Some you might need to mm-hmm. be behind in order to, like, knock them down or something. And, like, you can attack them from any direction, but certain attacks will just tell you, if you do it from this side, you'll get a bonus effect. Stuff like that. And I think it does a good job at kind of easing you into the gameplay by giving you three characters to start with and then six instead of the two that like Xenoblade uh, 2 started with and then like I don't even think I got to six in in Xenoblade 2. So you always feel like things are happening. It's got an like the majority of Xenoblade is MMO style in that they're auto attacking and you're pressing buttons to activate special attacks which are on cooldowns Um, depending on what faction you're on. Uh, I think Kavesi Arts will charge by themselves and then the Agnian Arts will charge when you hit an enemy with an auto attack. Where it starts to get a little complicated is when you can start changing classes. So any character can be any other character's class. They'll get their uh, outfit and everything and you'll charge up these levels. You can start using arts from a different character, their attacks. You can use fusion arts, which take your arts that you're using and any of the master arts that you've unlocked by raising another's class and start mm. combining two attacks. Like you might be able to do a side attack that knocks the enemy over alongside an attack that's letting you dodge out of the way um, by holding another button. Um, I've shown you the UI of this game. Uh, despite how like nuts, packed full of information it is it's actually much easier to decipher what's what than than xenoblade 2 but there's a lot of flexibility to this i'm playing on easy so hopefully i don't have to like tinker with too many things because there is a lot of tinkering that you have to do but i'm assuming since i'm playing on easy and it hasn't given me any issues so far that i should be fine not engaging with like fine tuning what attacks i'm using and mm-hmm. the, the game helpfully says, you know, two attackers, two defenders, two healers, and they can all do a variety of things that will do damage or draw... Like, defenders will draw enemies aggro so that they'll attack them. They have high health. Attackers can get damage in. Healers will heal whoever is in the vicinity of their action circle around them. And you have general free movement around um, the battlefield. Um, enemies that are much higher level than you will pop up on the field... You're encouraged, as always, to stay away from them until you're ready to take them on. Certain enemies will be stronger versions. They'll be notated by, like, a a blue set of wings or unique named enemies. will have an orange set of wings that might give you a little bit more of a challenge. And everything is progressing as you move through. Um, You're getting class points. You're maxing out classes. The the game encouraged you to switch them out if you maxed out one. I believe there's something later on that's going to let you, like, further advance the classes, but... As someone who's, like, 20 hours in, it's not going to be for a while. I've heard this can go upwards of 150 hours, so I'm, 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 and I'm doing a lot of side stuff, so, uh, yeah. Overall, so far, first impressions have been good, good enough to where, like, I passed Xenoblade 1 in terms of gameplay hours, and I'm right on the tail of, of how much time I spent on 2, and I haven't, you know, hated myself for playing this yet.
1: I know that you dislike two a lot if we're, if we're val- for for I was some valid so reasons. Much it's
0: too menu based
1: yeah, randomness, micromanaging, and all this stuff that you're saying. Just like I can understand how. That's why I think it, it, it could be a problem for people who who maybe tried to and they didn't like it and they they're kind of like, eh, hey, I don't want to try three. Hopefully, maybe some people may give 3 another uh, a shot and you know be like okay this is obviously far you know fairly better than the second one and hopefully they enjoy it
0: oh and this one also gives you like a little more guidance through traversing the open world like a trail you can follow to get to your goal versus yeah. always having to open the map up and be like okay maybe I should turn it's like 2 has so many things that i just cannot handle <laughs>
1: no yeah but it it seems to be sort of like how should i say it it went from like, I don't like this game. It's probably one that I would never... Play. It's just like two, obviously. Where it seems like three was much better. And you're very, very pleased that three was a much better. Where I believe even from the beginning, you didn't know if you wanted to get three. You're like, I don't know if I want to get three. Like, yeah. I didn't like two. But you ended up just getting three anyways.
0: I was very cautious about it. And then I saw some... I watched... I didn't watch the direct ever. But I watched some mm-hmm. gameplay. And I'm like, this doesn't seem like they're having to, you know... Put certain things on certain characters to make certain things happen. If you get this button pressed timed right, and you know, click your heels three times. There's no place like home. Yeah, my favorite mechanic in Xenoblade too. Um, the hardest thing to wrap my head around in this one is the the chain attacks, where you're setting an order which will give something mm-hmm. that happens after a chain attack, and. I'm pressing buttons. I know healers will give you like 99 points, so you, you have to get 100, So and if you end with a defender, um, you will get a character resurrected or something like that. Uh, so far, I've just been kind of doing those without really thinking about it and achieving pretty good results. So I, I don't think that's something I'm going to have to be too concerned about with on easy. There's also a skill tree for the combined Ouroboros forms, which are like these giant versions of the two characters who merge. Um, that haven't really been too much of an issue yet and you can't really like you can't really lose when you're in those forms they are on timers though but it's a nice little thing like oh if your health is low maybe switch to a different character and combine them mm-hmm. with their character to you know refill their health or something like that you can't switch to any character at, at any time so if you're tired of playing uh, a sword based character but you don't want to change their class then just switch to a different character and they'll conti- and that character will continue getting class points for, you know, their attack class. But it's a lot. I didn't get to everything in the battle system, yeah. but, like, for, for the sake of, like, brevity, like, that's good enough as an intro to, to I think it's good <laughs> enough.
1: I think anymore, I think you're, you're going to get to spoiler territory. I'm going to lose <laughs> my voice. <laughs> that too. Alright, before we get into our one news story this week,
0: our brief news story... You have also been playing something lately. Uh, quite a bit, actually.
1: Yes, it's something I think it's been in the back. It's been in the my like backlog of things I needed to, to play for a while now. It's been there since the, even the re- announce of it. I just never ended up getting a Wii U. But it's a Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze.
0: Oh, that's a good one, actually.
1: <laughs> I would say favorite franchise platformer of all time i could at least say for me alone i'm pretty sure you would agree too though it would speak with both that donkey kong is probably the best platformer franchise i I, in ever i would pick donkey kong every day no matter. i mean
0: donkey kong country 2 is one of two games so far that we've given our uh highest recommendation to along with ghost yeah
1: that's a 10 out of 10 but so Tropical Freeze, it's the second in the in the Returns Country franchise, which hopefully they do a third one, please. I would really love a third one to kind of do uh, six games entirely from the trilogies. But I've been playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Initial look is most people would assume this is a very short, difficult game. Um, I would agree with that if you're just going at it trying to speed run it like it's a Mario game, because obviously Mario has a time limit, I'll, I'll explain to kind of like my initial thoughts to it, where it, I do agree that, yeah, if you try to speed run it and try to get through the maps very quickly, you're gonna maybe hit a path and do all this stuff and, and you know, lo- be kind of playing only as Donkey and not have a buddy with you, but if you just really think, like, there is no time system, I can take as much time as I want, you're, you're gonna be able to play with all, like, your buddy the whole way through and have four lives, like, most of the time. Short, yes. It's only short because it allows you to just take the path you need that's required to defeat the game and get to the final boss instead of all the secrets, levels, and secrets. Yeah, assets, it's like you're averaged on the like
0: country. That. You go through, you don't have to collect all the letters, but it, it's a good incentive for people who want to.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a good way to kind of have a um, after game, like post game, like this is after game, like I defeated the main story plot. It's like a really good way to keep a player engaged with the game for long term because i'm after defeating the game it's sort of like i'm engaged with collecting the relics so i got to go to every level collect all the kong letters and and get to the secret worlds and secret levels and secret exits and stuff like that so it keeps me engaged with the game my my positives is it's obviously it's, it's like it's just like the first returns i really hope returns the first one comes to a switch port one day uh, that basically would mean the entire Donkey Kong franchise is on the Switch, which would obviously make it one of the best systems out there. If the Because one, two, three original are on there, and then if we can get returns, we got all of them on there. Positive, obviously, like a returns game, really good new characters like Cranky, uh, Dixie Kong, Funky has a new mode. I uh, love new Funky mode. <laughs> to, I still have yet to figure out how to unlock Funky mode. Maybe you can help me with that. I don't it's their first i don't know how to do to, it so. you should just be able to click I'll, a new file I'll, and say, I'll say this i have played and beaten the game and doing all the relics, really like, not on funky mode i'm playing it as the way yeah. it was like set, sent out initially
0: i played it legit first and then i played funky mode and i never looked back
1: i'm i haven't done funky mode ever but haven't done funky mode so but there is an easier way to do funky mode uh, bosses, the design, the themes, the, the selection of enemies and just this, just the just the, the the art style of each map and level is just, I think Donkey Kong at its peak. If you took Donkey Kong like like peak designs of, of levels, is is Tropical Freeze enemies? I would give it still give it to two, but for design and level ideas and 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 island ideas, it's Tropical Freeze all the way.
0: For me personally, I don't think there's anything in Tropical Freeze that I preferred over two. I still think two. And you possibly wouldn't take three. the Safari
1: Island or even like the Ice Island, like the Juice level, like the. There juice are island. some
0: very cool levels, but I think thematically it's because of the whole pirates thing.
1: That I really. I think that's like. what the enemy, I prefer the enemies in two instead of just like the yeah, overall. Yeah, the enemies because...
0: definitely. Um, but two, I I would give the bosses to two because we'll get to this in our special that we are. I guess we'll announce a Donkey Kong Country Topicals spree- free yeah. special. But I don't like the bosses in this one.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get to like a really deep dive to each world, each level. I'm just giving my initial kind of like what I enjoyed from it bosses i do agree i believe first boss is simple second boss is simple third boss are the baboons or no they're called they're not baboons what are they mandrills there we go basically you fight the mandrills there's three of them that one's a very tough boss fight especially towards the end and obviously if you're on a two hit system it can get pretty you know like oh here we go again i gotta restart from the game so that one does get pretty difficult i also agree that I think the worst boss is the fish one. The pufferfish oh, is the worst so... boss. Oh, I. Mm. <laughs> it's worse than probably Bleak from three. I think Bleak was my least favorite boss from the original trilogy. Yeah, at least I think Bleak only took
0: like half a minute. Yeah, though.
1: three what? hits. Yeah, it took three hits to like end Bleak. But this one, I did not like the uh, the way the monkeys feel. Also, I guess the primates feel the Donkey Kong's uh, family because. It's just, it feels so weird underwater. And I hate that they added an actual, like, lung, like, air mechanic yeah. compared to the original where... Hey, they can just, just play
0: new Funky mode. There's no air mechanic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah, that, well, that's easy mode, I guess. You also don't map. die
0: if you jump on spikes. Funky just gets on his board.
1: Which, okay, that's a plus. But, uh, so that, that's a the negative. The bosses are okay. Uh, a lot of the secret exits are kind of weird you kind of get the right idea but you can't really find it i think it's only been twice and one time they just told me there is no secret exit. That's just where the K- uh, Kong special level is at. That's just the location. And there is no secret exit. And another one, I was just like, I don't know where the secret exit is. I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to actually look up and where- find out where it is. And I did that. I was like, okay, I had the right idea. I just didn't understand when it, a certain door was activated to open. I was like, I kind of had a suspicion it was that, but I just, I was just like, I, I don't want to spend too much on it. Yeah. That's sort of some negatives, but m- more or less, I don't. Find this game like at all miserable. I think some people assume Donkey Kong is a very miserable platform because it's difficult. There are difficult moments in Donkey Kong Country games, but they're never, it never feels unfair. It never feels just like, ooh, like, you know, I could have, you know, they just added that enemy out of nowhere. Kind of like those old NES games where it's just like, it's designed in a way where you just need to figure out the path. And once you kind of understand it and you play it enough, you're like, okay, I can kind of get, it. like I said, from the beginning, I was maybe losing a couple. I think the most I'll ever lost some lives were like 20 in a row, but just because that was the boss fight from yeah. world Four, the fish one. So that's like, that was just a difficult boss fight, but I pretty much have always had 99 health on me all the time. So okay. that's will be like my initial take on it. If I were to rank, the games it would be like two and it, it would it, it would be two is obviously top like top one then i would probably put three then i would put one then i would put tropical freeze would be the last one but i just really liked returns i might have to go back and play returns and kind of figure out where i would put that one at because tropical freeze and returns can I'm kind of swap back fan and of forth
0: returns myself.
1: I, I've enjoyed both of them. I enjoyed both of them. I, and yeah, then obviously Tropical everything freeze, below that like, is like the Game Boy ports and the land versions of Donkey Kong yeah. and stuff like that. Like those are those. But it's sort of I'll just say this. Yeah, Tropical Freeze may be on the bottom of that list, but it's not that it's a terrible game. It's no, just no, the no. least polished out of the other ones.
0: I think Tropical Freeze, what it really excels at, though, is like emotional resonance. Like certain mm-hmm. things are are happening to where the music and the environment is conveying the story that's not spoken, and I think that *Tropical mm. Freeze* really does a good job at like the like the melancholy. of the, the *Ice the world. Returns*.
1: Yeah, *Returns* and *Tropical Freeze* do that very well, where the design of the levels kind of tell the story without it being being spoken. Yeah,
0: I guess we owe that to David Wise.
1: <laughs> also, I would say besides obviously to having the best music, this is like pretty. On level with two because David weiss composed some of I think he did. I mean, there's some classic tracks from
0: two that are remade for this one, like locked.
1: Exactly. So it's really the music and the design and level layout and everything about it is Just I just really enjoy it. So I obviously I'm going for all the relics. So I'm I'm probably I'm on world four already, so I'm going for that one. Uh, I'll probably see if I can do it all. I would assume I would say at least for now. Favorite worlds were the safari and like even though the the forests. Even the juice world, too, were my favorite. Like, all the juice levels. But the ice and water obviously were my least favorites because I really just don't like the water mechanic. The way the characters control underwater. I actually liked the water levels better than,
0: like, older style water levels because really using the stick gave you that fluid control. So I actually never found any issue with it. But I did have to adapt the first couple of times I tried the level going from, like, you know an older one where you would tap a button and you'd flow it up to like getting that you you will go in the direction you point the stick it almost feels like diddy kong racing-esque like when you're using the um the hovercrafts of of sorts like you need that 360 degree Mm -hmm. movement to get any kind of like good control feel out of that but that's That'll be a topic we we bring up in the Yeah, in we'll we'll special. get
1: more into we'll do a whole Donkey Kong special and just get yeah. to each level and every design and every world. It's right. We have time. no
0: time frame for that yet, but it's yeah. coming post episode one hundred.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get to it.
0: With that being said, Robert, I have a Nintendo Direct rumor I think you're gonna like. Okay. It's a Rocky Rodent RPG. Uh mm. sounds like it's gonna have mechanics like similar to mario and luigi or yakuza like a dragon or the south park games those like interactive rpg mechanics
1: hmm does does the uh rumor have any time frame where this takes place because it's been a while since the last one we've had since like the 90s from the last game
0: now that you mention it
1: it's a sequel so this is a sequel to the to the main story yeah okay, okay now i if, don't know much would...
0: about the canon so yeah wh- what do you think this game's gonna be like
1: Canon-wise, quick sum up of the story. Basically, you're a, a rodent whose name is Rocky. I don't know what rodent he is. He's just a rodent. But he's the, the famous Dine and Dash. So he basically eats out a lot of places and doesn't pay the bill. So obviously he's probably wanted from everybody in the city for not paying his tab. And in the story, it, it, we got this guy who owns a restaurant and his daughter gets kidnapped by this the city's mob. And, and then they obviously ask for ransom. And then... S- Rocky basically gets bribed into a deal where he says if he saves the daughter he'll eat at his restaurant for free forever like for life like it's an all you can eat buffet and so also he, he takes the deal he goes around the whole city the you know the, the the main city it feels like every big city to LA from Chicago to New York it's like all those big cities and just like any, any old big like uh, metropolis city. Yeah. You get to like haunted apartments. You got to go to like the other apartment system. You got to go like the sewers, even skyscrapers, and like on, on, on like construction, and, and even like the bosses like factory and like the main like mob hiding spot. But I know in the in, the, in that game you don't fight the main villain like the mob guy. You, you fight like a henchman. So I would assume if this was a sequel, in the sense of Rocky did save you know, the daughter and he did eat that. But in the sense of now he has to take down the, the, the main villain from the first game. So they kind the of left sequel. it on a
0: cliffhanger. You would say,
1: yeah, kind of, I would say it's a cliffhanger because there could be a whole sequel where he has to fight now, like from him, from anyone else. Basically it could go in the sense of word in the street, Rocky road and took out a mob guy because all he wanted was food. And so now everyone else is just like, take him out and then we'll, we'll feed you for the rest of your life. You don't have to dine and dash anymore.
0: So, with the way that is this rumor is written like this is an RPG it's kind of going from like your side scrolling action platformer hmm. to to an RPG kind of in the way yakuza went from a beat em up a third person beat em up to a turn based RPG
1: yeah I, I, I could i could definitely see rocky road heading towards that direct especially if you think about it like this in the game he has an animal companion cuz he has an egg that's that he takes care of and now the bird uh-huh. thinks that that's I know his where mom. this is going yeah, so you could obviously have a buddy system, and I could see like there's like a skater kid that helps Rocky Road with him so he might be in the sequel. You got people maybe who like maybe the daughter can even help because she can remember maybe where secret spots are at during like she could be in certain areas and be like, oh, I remember where they drove me. They drove me in this building because there's a hiding spot here, and then obviously she can show the path there. Or would they I like
0: temporarily s- join the party or something like they do in a lot of these RPGs?
1: Yeah, they could probably... Maybe they'll have a switch-out mechanic where you can switch who you have on mm. your team. Because maybe even some of the enemies can be, like, like companions. Because, like, how... Like, Seven Star is with Bowser. I could definitely see, like, the the bo- uh, the boss enemy in the sewers, the giant bat. He yeah. wears, like, sunglasses. He's, like, really... He's supposed to be, like, really rad. I could see him being on the same team and helping out Rocky Rodent and just being, like... They can be buddies afterwards or maybe not. Who knows? But I, I could definitely see maybe... I wonder now if they had a cuz obviously his his gimmick he has a hair ability his hair is like his power. Yes. I wonder if they'll add more powers to it. like a like a flame hair where he can That throw, could like,
0: be the battle system dude like equipped yeah. hairs that's
1: like your spells almost kind of like
0: yeah, they do of, this in yakuza that. like a dragon where like certain characters will have oh, it elements
1: could be, it could be like guardians of the galaxy where you can command uh-huh. your buddies to also maybe fight too that could also okay be that so that's kind of like a final buddies. fantasy
0: 7 remake thing where you're like you can play yeah. as the other characters for brief moments or issue them commands uh I could kind of like that. guardians of the galaxy but still keeping into this rpg-esque system um unless it ends <laughs> up being like a third person action game versus you know, versus rpg
1: <laughs> You know what's really funny? I'm not an RPG guy. I really want this game to be real. I want this game to exist, actually. As with
0: any direct rumor, of course.
1: (laughs) I actually do want this game to... I I would 100% pay and play this game day one.
0: So what could we call this game, Robert? What do you think we could call this game? Hmm.
1: I don't know. Does the rumor give any idea what they're titling this game? What's what's, what's the uh, title for it? I would say... This could be called,
0: and I don't know where I'm getting this from, but it could be called Nitro Punks, like a rodent.
1: All right, that could work. That definitely could I mean, work for the theme. I mean, of the I don't.
0: I mean, it sounds good to me, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty good to me. I, so I whenever I that general direct really. drops,
0: Nintendo, it's waiting on that general direct, that on that general direct, or just drop it on Twitter one day. Coming to the Nintendo Switch. Anyway. I got one news story for us this week. There was a Pokemon Presents, which is the Pokemon version of a Direct. And I just wanted to briefly list off some of the cool things that they are adding to Scarlet and Violet. First of all, open world, we knew that. Multiplayer with up to three (laughs) friends, we knew that too. There's apparently three different, like, campaigns. And one of them is the Gym Badges. Um, but there's no restrictions on where you can travel, which means you can potentially take on stronger gym leaders earlier. That's a thing.
1: Okay. If, I mean, that, that. I think that wouldn't work because if there's stronger obviously gym leaders, I don't think a level one Pokemon could handle that.
0: Yeah. So what I'm assuming is, like, if you wanted to challenge yourself, stray from the critical path and train with tougher pokemon to maybe get in depth with the battle system by fighting with lower level pokemon and then go back and do like gym leader cleanup or just go the way i think most people will go which is the traditional route of the weakest to the strongest i think it's important for there to be options but i've also heard there's no scaling which kind of bites but Mm. also like gives people who want that challenge because that's a big complaint of pokemon lack of challenge um, which I don't mind lack of challenge, but like people can go fight higher gym leaders.
1: Yeah. I think it, it gives definitely a challenge to those who have perfected the game and also options for people who maybe want to play it a different way.
0: Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, legendary Pokemon, the, the ones on the covers, uh, Coridon and Maridon, you get them as vehicles. They can be bikes or they can fly. So I'm assuming you're okay. with your legendary the whole time, and you catch, quote-unquote, catch them to battle with them at the end of the game, as always. But that's kind of interesting. That's never happened. The only other time you've been with your legendary the whole time is uh, Sun and Moon. But that little Cosmog has to evolve into the legendary at the end of the game. And hmm. then uh, some new Pokémon were revealed. There's a new version of Wooper from Gold and Silver called the Paldean Wooper because it's the Paldio uh, version. Yeah, It's adorable. There's a Pokemon called Fido, which is a dog made out of dough. And there's a Titan, oh, okay. which is like a whale thing. <laughs> Fido. But Fido, a dog made out of yeah, dough. Yeah, Fido.
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Uh, and then they kind of revealed this generation's mechanic. So Sword and Shield had Dynamax, which made the Pokemon giant. This one has Terraforms. I think it's Terrastal or something like that. Where they will turn into, like, jewels, almost. Like, your Pokemon will turn into jewel forms of them and look kind of Mm -hmm. like jewelry. And they'll be able to change their type. Like, Pikachu could become a flying type. I don't know many of the type changes they've had, but they showed the starter Pokemon with with their jewel forms. And it seems like that's going to be something we're going to have to learn a little more about, but... I'm just looking forward to them learning from the the missteps in Legends Arceus and continuing Pokemon games just being the most uh, Mm chill-slash-addictive, not just RPGs, but games in general. I think this is shaping up to be something really special, and I think that, for once, the Pokemon company is holding their cards close to the chest. They're not putting everything out there for everybody to kind of you know see it's such a slow drip of information this time that they have to be deliberately holding some surprises back which is exciting Mm -hmm. because i can't remember the last time i played a pokemon game where i didn't know every single thing about the game before it even came out
1: it's really hard to say because i don't know if they want to stray too far away from what makes pokemon pokemon but i will assume that since we're keeping it very secretive that they're trying to add some new things to to let the game like i guess have some new life in it, because it's been a while since like maybe anything new.
0: What I'm getting is that they're taking good things from Legends Arceus and Mm -hmm. applying it to the main series, so I'm like, let's not have crafting. I'm sure there won't be crafting. Legends Arceus had it, but let's not have it in a main game. Um, But Mm -hmm. let's keep that that dynamic gameplay going. That open world seems to be kind of there. Might be changed a little bit more to fit in with your main series, even though Legends is considered part of that, but from what mm-hmm. I've seen in the trailers, it's all good. I'm not worried about this game at all. Actually, the multiplayer thing sounds like the the most amazing thing. Having a Pokemon adventure in multiplayer, that's unheard of, Robert. It's unheard
1: of. <laughs> I saw new stuff. Hopefully, they bring some more new things and that would actually shake up the franchise. Yeah.
0: Also, Paldean Wooper is just so darn adorable. Anyway, Robert, for right now, would you say we've done an episode?
1: Yeah, that's your wrap-up this week.
0: All right, like I said, 99 and 100, special episodes. Uh, remember, episode 99 will be all about Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie. We promised this special back in April, but we wanted to give time for, like, the, the Blu-ray disc and the streaming version to be out. Because, like, who's going to listen to a podcast about a movie that just came out spoiling everything?
1: <laughs> I mean, people would, but that true, not fun. True,
0: true. Uh, anyway as always Momana thank you so much for listening please follow us on twitter at markers on the map and listen to us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify on our podbean site please leave a five star review and yeah we will uh, be back next week and I would be remiss not to mention something that I I don't know if I've mentioned this before ah who am I kidding the real animal crossing new leaf was the friends we made along the way